Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday night. It's a very wonderful Sunday for me. Uh, not just sports related, but I'm out of quarantine. Woo-hoo! There you go. Straight out of quarantine. Christian mother, mother named Tim Daniel. Yes, sir. Is that how that works? I think that's how that works. But yes. with that being said, <laughs> let's go ahead and welcome everybody to this week's edition of the do you think people are in the beginning now? Because I feel like it's fun and I don't care. Oh, it is. It, it is. That's that's the way we got to kick it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One time. One time. So, I am Tim Daniel. I'm very excited to be here with my guys. Uh, we are without Sean Mackey tonight. He's doing a little home remodeling tonight. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. He gets more PTO than the president, apparently. He does. He does. Yeah. So, uh, here with my man, 100 Grand, Mr. Ben Brown himself. How are you, buddy? Buddy, I am wonderful. Uh, happy New Year to everybody. I hope everybody is having a great start to their year. Uh, and just here to talk some NBA hoops, man. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And then we also have our other guy here, which I can't I can't take that from you. Yes, sir. My man, my brother, my HB crew, my number one, Joshua Odellis, Forellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? Man, I forgot it was 2022. Yeah, bringing in, bringing in the new year with my guys, man. So I'm ready to, you know, jump on here and talk some NBA hoop and whatever else kind of comes up along the way. Um, you know, whatever it is, when we chop it up together, it's always fun. So let's get it. Absolutely. Hey, it's the year of your boy. Oh, <laughs> they don't know. They don't know about my man Sweets. We might have to put him in one day. I'm going to do that. That's going to be my calling for the year. <laughs> you're the sweets <laughs> even I, even i don't know what this is um but that's okay so guys let's get right to this uh, i want to kind of talk about some of the things that happened unfortunately last night as most people were sleeping uh, we had some craziness go down in houston um so per sham sharania looks like rocket rockets point guard kevin porter jr left the arena at halftime after an argument with john lucas uh christian wood i guess missed a mandatory COVID test so had to sit out part of the game and then also when was asked to check into the game later, refused to uh, check in. So uh, once again, crazy drama with the Rockets. We've been talking about this all year with John Wall. Um, This is kind of getting to be obviously even more of a mess than we anticipated, you know, and look, it's a bunch of young dudes. We, you know, this is a really young basketball team. So we know like, you know, you've got these guys and they're competitive guys. Um, And, you know, from what our guy, Nick Canizales told me, I guess he got called for a pretty rough foul and got pretty mad. Uh, being Kevin Porter, and then got teed up for arguing against the foul call. And then there's a video he showed me of him walking to the locker room, and you could tell it was uh, not very good, and then decided after John Lucas called him out that he was bouncing um, and literally left the arena. Like, that's kind of – I mean, I know we saw this thing with Antonio Brown today in the NFL, so we're not going to get to that level with this by any means. I hope not. Right. right. Um, but 
you know, the thing, the reality we got to talk about here is, you know, I think we're all, we can all say that we're fans of Kevin Porter Jr.'s game. I think, you know, mm-hmm. he's a tremendous talent. Um, you know, he had a 50 burger last year, but look, he had trouble at USC. Um, he goes to the league and he gets suspended for a game his rookie year. Uh, you know, the season, but uh, the off season between his fr- fr- rookie and sophomore year, he has a gun charge allegedly. Um, comes back to Cleveland, has the issue where they move where they trade for Torian Prince and Jared Allen, and Torian Prince has his locker and he freaks out, gets traded to Houston, goes to the bubble and plays with the with the Vipers, and then now is here. Um, where you know he's playing for Houston, had some really good run, and then kind of runs into the situation. So. Um, I haven't seen if they've announced a suspension or anything for him yet. I, su- I suspect, and I guess that that will be the, the occurrence here. Um, but you know, Christian Wood's your best player and he's mad at you. Um, and then, you know, Kevin Porter jr. Who's supposed to be part of your future. I mean, bringing back him and Jalen green together from their high school days. And now you have this situation. Um, it's just, it doesn't sound too good down there in H town. No, nah, man, it doesn't. Um, you know, like I think the point that you just made is a really important point. Is a really important point. Uh, Christian Wood is by far your best player, and now you've got him upset um, for whatever reason. We don't know the backstory to that or why he didn't go in the game or whatever. But uh, now that he's refusing to go into games, uh, you know, you got the John Wall situation laying over your head. Uh, you know, you, you now you've got you know Kevin Porter not want to go in game like, like it just seems like it's a it's a full on debacle down there and I and I don't know how you fix that. Um, like you said, they've got a bunch of young players. They've actually got a bunch of young talent down there um, that's not bad if if they learn how to play together. You saw them make a little run. What they win earlier, like six or seven games in a row, eight games or something like that, something crazy yeah. earlier on in December. Like they've got talent to be able to win games. But for some reason, there's been a whole lot of disruption. There's a whole lot of discord. Um, and I don't know if that's from from the GM office. I don't know if that's with the coach's office. I don't know if that's just coaching young guys. But Christian Wood doesn't seem like a guy to me that that even has an attitude or has had some attitude because he's he's been their starter. Kevin Porter started every game he's been there. You know, Christian Wood started every game he's been there. So – for those two to have this kind of discord and disruption uh, after they, you know, have kind of committed to this Rockets team just seems odd to me. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. And I, you know, I don't know if it's a, if it's a coaching issue, if it's a GM issue um, or if they just don't have any veteran leadership down there. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it, it, it's, it's, it's very odd to see, you know, Kevin Porter, he's had his issues, but to see Christian Wood not going to a game when that guy, you know, it's considered one of the top players, you know, in the league as far as being with the Rockets. I mean, he's he's actually played pretty well. Uh, to see him start to have issues brings up uh, some concern for me as far as how well that coaching staff and the GMs are are handling are handling their talent. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. It, it's it just seems very odd to me. Um, you know, for me one of your so-called veteran leaders isn't playing right now. So, you know, you have uh, John Wall, who's, what, 10 years in the league, I guess. So I would consider Mm -hmm. him a a veteran leader. You know, you have guys like, um, I think they have DJ Augustine on their roster. And, um, of course, you have Eric Gordon, who's been there for a really long time. So, you know, those are kind of your mainstays. 
And I think other than that, like everybody on their roster is like five years or less. I think Christian Woods only five years in the league. So they're pretty young. But um, the concern I have is that everything I've ever known about certain coaches, and, and the reason I say certain coaches, I'm bringing up John Lucas right now. Um, everything I've known about him is that he's a player's coach. People love him. He's always been real well respected. And he's the one that was, um, I guess, who started to handle this in the locker room. And he was the one that was giving them the earful about, I, from what the reports are saying, it was lack of effort. It was lack of effort on the court. And they didn't like what he was saying to them. So is that is that just one of those things where um, these guys are too young to understand and don't have the respect for some of these older guys that are considered coaches? Um, or is there something bigger that happened in this situation that caused, like you said, uh, Christian Wood got put out of the rotation because he missed the COVID test. I mean, that's fairly understandable, I would think, right? Right. I mean, that seems like something that would happen to most people. Um, I don't know if he got tested during the game and it came back negative. I don't know what they did. I just know that that would be something that I would say, okay, we're going to keep you out of the rotation. Um, but the other piece with with Porter Jr., like this is a ongoing, um, you know, circumstance where this has happened multiple times in multiple different places. So yeah, um, it's starting to become a pattern. It's not necessarily um, now. We already know the, the 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 craziness that's going on in Houston, and I'm sure it doesn't it adds fuel to the fire. But at the same time, like I said, when you got one like uh, John Lucas in there, and he's he's the one leading the charge of like saying like, hey, I need more effort. I need more effort. Like. What I wonder what it was that he actually said that ticked him off enough to be like, you know what, man, F this, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not going back in the game. I'm leaving. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that, too, like you you brought up a good point, Josh. I think a lot of that's just lack of maturity. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, uh, you know, guys that are, are younger in the league, and, we, and we've, we've seen this kind of all over, um, guys don't like to be challenged. They don't like to be ridiculed. They don't like to be – you know, put to the test, especially if they feel like a guy is testing their their credibility or their manhood. So then it becomes, oh, well, you don't think I'm playing hard, but and then it becomes an argument instead of instead of accepting it as a challenge, they see it as a um, as a threat. You know what I mean? So they don't they don't see it the same way. So a, a lot of the younger players, you're starting to see that more and more with those guys, where you know the older generation saw that as, okay, well, if I'm not playing hard, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to take it as a challenge to go out and play. The younger guys are seeming to, they get challenged. They want to fold up shop or they want to pout or they don't want to go in the game. So some of that's just maturity wise. I, I, you know, some of that's just being mature and being a, a pro. Yeah. We've talked a lot about just like the frustrations of this, um, you know, this year for Houston and just kind of what we've seen and how we've been annoyed by the John Wall situation. And it just kind of seems like it might just be that way throughout just kind of the franchise. And that sucks because like Steven Silas came in it's like, all right, man, cool. I'm going to have James Harden. And like everything went downhill from the day he took the job and yeah, then man. he gets on the hot seat and it's bullshit because that guy doesn't deserve that. Like, you know, he I said, agree. He just remember he, chances. They had that 20 game losing streak last year. I mean, he was on TV crying, you know, because he's yeah. passionate about what he does. Yeah. And I think, I think, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's almost like this modern day, same thing. 
I, obviously I don't want to get into some other stuff, but it's the same thing when it comes to like parenting and stuff. Like it's these modern day, like these kids are younger, you know, they're, they're like, you, you know, I'm a millionaire. Like you can't tell me what to do. Um, I feel like they're trying to instill a culture that involves hard work, effort and winning, you know, with the co- the coaching staff. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about upper management itself. I'm just talking about the coaching staff and some of these guys aren't with it. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would too. Let's get to our next topic. Let's have some fun with this one. Sorry, Ben. All good. I don't know if you guys saw this weekend uh, as things have been going really fun for <laughs> oh, I saw Chicago it. Bulls. But DeMar DeRozan. Gosh, you guys. Back really? Back, you got back to back. And you got, and you got the clip. Really? You got the clip? Really? I got, the, I got both clips. <laughs> both clips in the one. Uh, so DeMar DeRozan, right. obviously right. the Bulls are now up to seven straight wins in a row. And DeMar DeRozan is the hero on two consecutive nights as DeRozan is the first player in NBA history. Let me rephrase that real quick, just so you guys understand what I'm saying. DeMar DeRozan is the first NBA player in history to hit back-to-back game-winning shots on back-to-back nights. Larry Bird did it in back-to-back games. Here's the one from the Wizards right here. Ben, this one's probably a little easier for you to watch. Um, You don't even like shooting threes. Tim, Tim, you forgot to mention in two different years. Yeah. Yeah. So DeMar DeRozan with what with another awesome shot against the Wizards. Um not, they were outmanned last night. I mean, the Wizards were fantastic. Right before this, Kyle Kuzma hits the go-ahead three. And Kyle Kuzma goes in the presser and says, uh, DeMar's told me to hold my beer, which I thought was incredible. <laughs> um, so this brings me to the conversation what I have here. Um, obviously, we've talked all year about this Bulls resurgence, you know, Josh and I and Sean. Um, being big Bulls fans, like this is a lot of fun for us um, to see them play well, be see them be competitive, and see them win games. They got sick jerseys between their statement one, like in the in the thing in the picture here of DeRozan, their city edition jersey. You know, it's the Bulls emblem. We've talked a lot about how the NBA is so much better when the Bulls are good, and I don't think they're a perfect team, but I think right now we're looking at what DeMar DeRozan's done. You know, he's got to be in that MVP discussion, right? With like Durant and Curry, like he's got to be in that conversation right now. Um, dude, the bulls are 24 and 10. Yeah. Number one in the East. They're number one in the East. Like, I, I, not, I mean, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no tie. There's like, they're, they're the number one team in the East. They're 24 and 10. Like, how could he not be in the MVP discussion? Now, you know, you know, I, I think it's unjustly to him and not fair to him. Everybody, you know, everybody, Wants to bring up the big name guys, you know, your Jokic's, I know, you know, your LeBron's, your, you know, all these guys. Like, if you're not paying attention to what DeMar DeRozan is, not even just him. Heck, I would put Zach Levine in the MVP conversation. Both of those guys. I mean, what they're doing for that Bulls team is amazing. And I'm not saying it's just them because they've had, I mean, they've had Vucevic step up. You know what I mean? Kobe White's actually playing really well. Like, like really well. Had, yeah. Like they've had different guys step up, but those two have led a charge. Yeah. They've led a charge and a resurgence in Chicago where they are leading leading the East, Eastern Conference. Um in a in a conference that's not as I mean, that's that's where your reigning, you know, defending champions are. That's where the 76ers are. I mean, like, that's not a shabby conference. And those guys are at the top of the heap. And and what they've done for that Bulls franchise and that culture, them two should, or I mean, of course, they're going to be all-stars, but 
there's no doubt in my mind that those two should both be brought up in MVP conversation. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. I don't want to slouch Zach Levine either because he's been incredible as well. So I think both of those guys should be up for MVP consideration. Um, I mean, of course, it doesn't happen, of course, that way because they don't like giving both guys a shot at it. But both those guys deserve to be in that talk. I mean, because they both have been incredible. And that team as a whole has been has been incredible. Well, this is I'm sure Tim Tim will probably go into some detail. One of my one of the reasons we brought this up earlier in one of our shows, like early on, like when we first started talking about DeRozan with the Bulls. Oh, go ahead and show that again. Yeah. Um <laughs> I like that. Like I said, he don't even he don't even like shooting threes. Um the last <laughs> I time I checked, and I, I don't know if I can find an updated stat right now, but DeMar DeRozan at leads the NBA in fourth quarter points per game at eight. Yep. Um, he is shooting well over 50% from the field and he's shooting well over 45% from the three point range, um, from three point line. And to me, and if you look at some of our games, like there, a lot of our games have not been blowouts. They've been fairly close. So those points are needed, um, in a lot of these games coming up. And like, when we need buckets, we go to DeMar DeRozan. And one of the things, one of the games that distinctly, um, sticks in my head is, uh, we played when we were playing the Lakers. I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, it was towards the end of the game. The Rosen on LeBron made a move, got to the basket. LeBron blocked his shot. Ball went around. The Rosen got the ball back, took another move, and hit this crazy jump shot over LeBron to basically win the game. And I'm like, if that's not clutch, like I don't know what is. And like he's not scared to take those shots either. He is not scared. Neither of them are. And I think that's no. what makes it so fun. And that's what's big. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. Cause I'm like, even if you look at that, here's what's going to hurt. If you're talking about DeRozan being MVP, the thing that's going to hurt him is that Zach Levine's playing so well. <laughs> like, like it's almost pulling votes from one another. You know what I mean? Like, DeRozan definitely needs to be deserved off. But for Zach Levine, is he's averaging, I mean, he's averaging 26 himself, shooting yeah. 40, he's shooting 50% from the field. And 42% from three. I'm like, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you, Tim. you had those two guys. Like, it's 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 hard. You know what Tim. I mean? Tim, remember when they all said it wasn't going to work? They all said it wasn't going to work. But here in 48 <laughs> minutes, we all told you. We told you. You said it was the worst. You people out there said it was the worst signing in the NBA this offseason. And now we're talking about him being in the MVP race with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he's been incredible. Can't believe, can't believe both, both of those Lakers didn't want to pay him money. Yeah. Thanks for giving Alex Caruso up, too. Unreal. Well, they play tomorrow for the third night in four games against Orlando. Um, so, I mean, why not Why not just do it three games in a row, right? You know? Go that full fledged like, college basketball Jimmer Fredette. Like, yeah, that would, that would be sick. <laughs> so, if you get a third one, that would be sick. Yeah, at some point, people are going to wonder if the league's fixed. If he does it again, but yeah, I want to read man? this off. Th- those shots that he's shooting are at such difficulty, though, man. Like, it, you can't fix that. You know what makes me laugh is the Indiana one. Sorry, Ben. Um, oh no, I mean that that shot was incredible because he's he literally took that shot like ah, if I make it, oh well, run off one leg, oh well, we'll see what happens. You're like really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in freaking quarantining in my basement, and Sean's at the game, like oh, texting yeah. me, like. Yeah, um, uh, uh, 
get boosted, people. Get boosted. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but, you know, I was laughing so hard because people were like, oh, well, you know, he took a bad shot. And it's like, it was a buzzer beater. What is he supposed to do? Like, you can't get to your spot. Everyone knows he's going to shoot the ball. It's like, like the freaking, like when Paul George said about Dame Lillard, when they like the Blazers sent the Thunder home in the playoffs. I hate that so much on a buzzer beater. Cause it's like, you realize how much time he had to like get a shot off. Like, there's at that point no right. such thing as a bad shot. You know, right. No. I gotta I gotta take a shot. Like that's 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 pretty much there's no getting to my spot. I just gotta rise up and fire. Yeah. But I wanted to read this off real quick. So Ricky O'Donnell, who has the Cash Considerations Chicago Bulls podcast, is a really good pod. We've had Jason Pat on quite a few times. He's the co-host of that show. He tweeted yesterday that the Mars season is the best non-Michael Jordan season in Bulls history. So I wanted to read a couple of these numbers off real quick. I won't go full into detail. But this year, DeMar at 26.8 points per game, five rebounds, 4.6 assists, 59% true shooting, and a three plus three box plus minus. 94 Scottie Pippen, 24 points, 8.7 rebounds, 5.6 assists, 54% true shooting. Derrick Rose's MVP year, 25.7 assists, 55 true shooting. 2016 Jimmy Butler, 24 points, 58 per. All righty. So, with that being said, Yes, DeMar DeRozan said the best season of the Bulls. That's not named Michael Jordan, so suck it. <laughs> he has, man. Uh, He's been phenomenal. That means he would have won the MVP back in Derrick Rose's season and Scottie Pippen's season. That's most right. Likely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so one of the cool things, obviously, about this time of year, uh, it always starts around Christmas time uh, in a regular season, unlike last year, is that we can kind of go and start doing our all-star ballots. And I asked each of you guys to fill yours out. Um, so we can kind of go through them this week. And Sean did give me one, even though he is not on the show this week. Um, so I went ahead and we got him started with his. And I realized as we were putting these together that the picture I wanted you guys to send me is not very visible. So thankfully, I made a little thing here so we can kind of see who's who. Uh, so Sean's Western Conference All-Stars at forward. He went LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and DeAndre Ayton, uh, Steph Curry, John Morant. And the East, he went Giannis, Joel B, Kevin Durant, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. We all have this a little different, but we all had the Eastern Conference backquarters, DeRozan and Levine. Um, so I thought that was kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but How do you like, not? Yeah, yeah, I agree. The only like the people were like, and I know, you know, listing LeBron here is kind of the, the counter argument to what I'm saying, but. It was really down to like Levine and Trey Young for that last guard spot. And I was like, okay, well, one guy is on the team that's the top seed in the East. And one guy is on a team that has 27 people under the roster right now. And they still can't win games. Right. Yeah. You tell me. But I asked Sean particularly why he said DeAndre Ayton. And his exact answer was that no one is playing their role better than he is right now. And for what, what his team needs. And obviously the Suns are having a tremendous year. They're, you know, in the fight with the, with the Warriors for the top of the West. And he said he's the most underappreciated component of any championship contending team this year. He shoots a high percentage and just knows his fucking role. <laughs> and I love that. So I like that. Sean's ball is pretty solid. Uh, we'll go to mine real quick. We don't have to spend a ton of time on these, but I'll get your guys' thoughts on a couple of your, your picks. Um, so I actually, I went Jokic. So I had the same West with Sean, except for one difference. I had LeBron, Jokic, and I had Kat. Um, and then I had Steph Curry and John Morant, as I told I forgot to edit this slide and make it bolder. So I'll read it off. Um, and then the East, I had Durant, Giannis, Embiid, DeRozan, Levine. So Sean and I had everything the same except for he had Aiton 
where I had Cat. And Cat, just for me, it came down to just he's shooting 41% from three. He's having a tremendous year. I know he's out with COVID protocols right now. Uh, him and D'Lo are both out tonight against the Lakers. So if you're yeah. watching this before we record, um, put money on the over for Anthony Edwards because he's probably going to drop 55 tonight because he's going to take every shot. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah, so um, and look, you know, like I said, the thing about it was just LeBron's at playing too well right now. I know the Lakers aren't playing well. This isn't about that by any means. It's just that the stretch he's on is just incredible. I mean, the other he's night, been phenomenal. Yeah, he's been. Phenomenal. Yeah, so it was hard for me to put someone over him in that circumstance. But Curry and Ja, I mean, you talk about someone who's played amazing. Ja this week was freaking out of his mind. That forty-one point mm-hmm. game against LA. Um, seeing him come back and seeing the Grizzlies win again. When you know people wanted to bench, told him that he should sit out when they came back and they lost, which was unbelievably stupid. Um, yeah, it was cool. So Ben, I bring you in here, um, and I want to get you kind of have you kind of talk a little bit because we we had the same forward combo uh, mm-hmm. for the West. Uh, actually, we literally had everything the same except for my second guard in the West. I had Ja, and you had Luca. Yeah. So what made you go with Luca here? Um, just honestly. Ja Moran, I guess they both have missed some time. Uh, I do love Ja. It was it was a toss up for me, honestly. It was no, like if I could have picked Ja, if I could have picked Ja Luca, I mean it's kind of six one half dozen the other. Um, mm. But for for me, for my money, uh, I just like Luca a little bit better um, sure. as far as what he means towards his team. I mean, and, and you know, Ja means a lot towards his team too. But you know, it's kind of six one half dozen the other to me. Um, you know. The only one, you know, those that was the only struggle I really had in picking a choice was the, those two between John Luke. Everybody else was pretty solid for me, um, but yeah, that that was that was kind of a toss up for me, honestly. Yeah, it's a close one. Either, yeah, either one of those, either one of those. Like you pick job, I'm like yeah, I mean that that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, wasn't wasn't anything wasn't anything crazy. Like oh, I like Luca over Jaw, Jaw over Luca. It was just you know. Luca's having a little bit, little bit better number wise season, but that's about it. Sure, and the Josh had a ballot that is really, I'm not saying you know, obviously it's the All Star ballot, so everyone's gonna have a little different thoughts here. Um, but he went Jokic, Cat, and Gobert for his forwards in the West, and then for his guards he went Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell, and the East he went Levine and DeRozan like we all did, but you went Kevin Durant, Giannis. And you're the only one of us who had Demata Sabonis. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, so let me let me let me give you my reasoning for all this because obviously you no, see the bronze names you not on there either. Sure. Based off of based off of right now, Ja Morant, LeBron, um, Embiid. I feel like they have not played enough games. So okay. the way I went off this, I went with guys who have basically played the entire season and they have the stats to back up why they should be starters. Now, obviously, I know when the votes are finished, LeBron's going to be a starter and B is going to be a starter. Like, it is what it is. But I went strictly based off of um, – I'll use LeBron, for instance. He's played 29, 24 out of 38 games, so he's missed 14 games. That's basically a third of the season already. That's kind of how I went about this. I was like, I and I wish that the, the all-star voting would get changed a little bit because I feel like guys get voted in sometimes when they don't have enough actual playing time on the floor to say, hey, I should be an all-star, but my name got me in, my play did not. So if you look at the numbers, 
LeBron's numbers clearly get him in the all-star game. I mean, he's basically averaging above his career highs almost right now. I mean, it's especially this last eight or nine games tear he's on right now, but he's only played 25 games or 24 games. Same with Luca. I didn't pick Luca for the same reason. Luca hasn't played enough games. Ja hasn't played enough games. But then when you go to guys like Rudy Gobert, like Rudy Gobert is leading the league in rebounding. He's shooting 73% from the field. He's literally having statistically his best offensive season ever. He leads the league in defensive win shares, offensive win shares, win shares, and win shares for 48 minutes. And I'm like, how do you not take any of that stuff into consideration when you're taking all-stars and making them all-stars? Look at um, Odellis tonight. I know. Up the advanced Odell. stats. My yeah, God. Yeah. I see yeah. you. I see yeah. you. I like this. Touché, but Sean, Sean said, Touché. Sean said, Sean said that Aiden plays his role well. I think Gobert plays his role about as well as anybody does. And I don't think he yeah. gets appreciated for it. I mean, he's averaging over 15 rebounds a game. I think he's like almost 16 and 15. Is his stats or something like that? I mean, just an insane number. And people don't realize this, but uh, Utah's like, I think, one and a half or two games out of behind Golden State for first place. Like, it's not, it's not far. Yeah, like, they're sneaky. They're sneakingly out there winning. They yeah, played each other and they lost. And but two and a half out. Well, yeah, they played I each other and they a lost. Lot of that, I think a lot of that is just playoff fatigue because we're like, okay, yeah, whatever, we get it. You guys are really good in the, in the in the regular season, but what happens in the playoffs? And that that's not fair. I totally see what you're saying, Josh, and I agree with it. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. But we got to, I mean, Mitchell won. Obviously, you know, he's been tremendous. Sabonis, I get what you're saying as far as not games played, but Sabonis was really an interesting one when I saw you put your ballot in. Well, when you go with the front court, like other than Embiid, like there's, I don't think there's anybody else in the, in the in the Eastern Conference that's put up the numbers that he's put up that would allow him to be in that spot. You know, he's you know four assists, um, and he shoots a high percentage from the field as well too. You know, he's shooting fifty six percent. So again, he's one of those guys. He's on a team that's not doing very very well. They're as Ben would say, I think he thinks that they're they're underachieving a little bit, but like he yeah. brings it every night, every single night he brings it, and he'll probably make it as a reserve. Um, but like I said, if this was a normal season and and COVID wasn't taking people out and everybody had played the same amount of games, I would probably be right there with him beating LeBron in those spots. Um, but I do think that Donovan Mitchell truly deserves the nod at the starting guard with his stats alone. If you go back and look, I mean, he's at twenty six a game. Um, He's killing it right now. He just had a thirty point, a thirty nine point game and a forty point game. Like he's he's starting yeah. to put it together. Yeah, he's um, phenomenal. So he's that's dude. that. That was that was my that was my only reasoning why my ballot was a little different was the game amount of games played and that was it. Dude, honestly, I love it. Um, I really do. I think it's really because, like, you know, I think for people who aren't us when they like they do this, you know. Obviously, they're like, oh, yeah, I really love LeBron James. I really love Kevin Durant. I really love this guy. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but for you to kind of, like, go and be like, look, man, I don't think this guy's played enough to be in, this, in the starters. Like, I think it's cool. I think it's really mm -hmm. neat the way you did it. So, kudos, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Right. So, let's go ahead and get into our bench gods. By the way, um, I totally forgot to put this in the slides earlier. Do either of you want to have a quick say before we get into our bench gods about um, Rajon Rondo going to the Cavs? I think it's a good move for the injuries they have, but, and I know he's like the report is he's really excited to play for a competing team. Um, I think he'll be well, with I think, do well with guard. 
I think he can help those young guards out if if they really let him take on that leadership role. I mean, we both we all know Rondo's probably one of the smartest point guards we've ever seen play the game. So I think it's a good move for that aspect of it to have him there, but he's not taking much of their playing time. (laughs) I'm actually going up there the 22nd. Uh, They're playing OKC, so I can go see you know my favorite player, Evan Mobley. So oh yeah. Yeah, go stay with my wife's family. Um, So, again, kind of speaking for Sean tonight. So his bench god this week was Greg Monroe. Uh, As we saw, Greg Monroe is one of the guys the Wolves signed with with a 10-day hardship contract this week. And Greg Monroe, man, got out there and he was doing his thing. First game, getting 11 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Uh, You see here him playing against the Celtics, one of his 14 teams he's played for. But he's got some nice, nice, you know, baseline passes. And he's playing really well there, so... I uh, wanted to make sure Greg Monroe got some bench god love this week from Sean Mackey. And I'll tell you, I don't know how much you guys remember, but do you remember that Greg Monroe was in the same draft class as John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Paul George? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, and they, and people don't remember either that he was really good with Andre Drummond when they first yeah. got into the league. They, those two were phenomenal together. Yeah, man. He was so good at Georgetown, break up a good thing sometimes, man? Right. Those two are phenomenal together. Yeah, so I want to make sure Sean got his in there, so kudos. Joshua won't play this one a little close to home, but I'll tell you what, I like it. Joshua went with our guy Jordan Awara, who we've seen his last five games popping up in the uh, 18 PPG reel and had this baby right here. This is the cell phone video, so it's the best I could do. Oh, yeah. Oof. Off the bounce. Off the bounce. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't really have much to say. I mean, you put the stats up. I mean, they kind of speak for themselves. He got thrown into the starting role a couple times. Then he had like a DNP, which I thought was kind of weird since he's been playing so well. But um, I started watching him more and more after um, I watched him come over to the Olympics and play. when everybody else did after the Bucks won, uh, played in the championship and won their ring. And he was super aggressive in international play. And I was like, man, if he, he could bring that back to the NBA, he could have a role, you know, um, on, on his team here. And then I noticed that he started getting a little bit more clock. And as he was getting clock, uh, he was, uh, you know, putting more t- stats up. And um, so I started watching as all the COVID stuff started happening and people were getting out and he got in a couple of rows and I started seeing him balling. I was like, okay. So I started following. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's put together quite the little bit of a, uh, of a week or last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, he played for Nigeria in the, in the Olympics and he played well over there. So wanted to give him a shout out. I like it, man. Um, real quick before we get to Ben, Josh Giddy just became the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double. Wow. In 36 like minutes he had bound to happen. Yeah, in 36 minutes he had 17 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists, and four steals. Wow. He was three of five and three tonight, too. I'm so mad I missed on him in fantasy basketball. Dude, I, that was my big miss of the draft. That was my big miss. Cause I was like, all this stuff comes out where like, and you watch the tape and you're like, eh, you know, and it's like weaknesses. It's like dribbling passing defense and shooting and you're like <laughs> basketball is that a like the, the, the actual game of basketball <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so Ben, we got you coming up here, and you went with a unique one. Uh, you went with a rival of Josh's Louisville Cardinal alum. You went with Hamadou yeah. Diallo. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, you know, our boy, good luck, Kyle. His Pistons have struggled this year. Um, but, you know, in the last five games, Diallo's had to step up and play some big-time minutes, you know, with all the uh, COVID issues and, and, you know, people running short. You know, he's actually got to play a little bit more. Uh, last couple games he's had, you know, he's played really well. Uh, so to watch him, you know, kind of do what he's been able to do has been pretty cool. You know, he's a Kentucky guy. Uh, I'm not what what you would say a Kentucky um, – I don't know how to put it. I'm not a crazy Kentucky guy. Um, I do enjoy a little bit of Kentucky basketball. He was one of the players I did enjoy while he was at Kentucky. Um, but, you know, the, you know, the other night he played 50 minutes and had 34 points. Uh, and then on the 29th uh, versus the Knicks, they lost, but he had 31 points, uh, five steals, four assists, and 13 rebounds. So uh, the last few games, he's gotten more minutes, been able to get uh, more run, uh, and he's actually stepped up and played really well. So uh, Amadou Diallo is my bench guard of the week. He's got bounce. He does have bounce. He's got bunnies. Yeah, yeah he does. He can yeah. get up for sure. Yeah. He can. And while we're in the habit of making our bench gods this week on college basketball all-stars, I went with Kyle Guy of the Miami Heat. Now, a lot of us <laughs> might remember Kyle Guy from being part of the Virginia Cavaliers that won the title a couple of years ago. Also from Titus and Tate, which at that point were called One Shining Podcast, had their segment of Good Guy, Bag Guy, Kyle Guy. So it was a weekly shout-out to Kyle Guy, but not, not just being an internet phenomenon. And also... A very happy fan of the Cincinnati Bengals today. If you check Kyle Guy's tweets, you see he's big. Uh, he's part of the Hootay alums. Um, oh, there you go. Celebrating an AFC North victory today. Yes, yes sir. sir. Love it. Uh, getting back to the league last uh, earlier this week. Uh, played 24 minutes for the Heat. Had 17 points, four rebounds, four assists, and three steals. And also played pretty decent tonight. I got these numbers up real quick. Uh, the Heat did lose to the Kings, the team that drafted him, funny enough. And mm -hmm. he had seven points, two rebounds, and four assists and a block. So kudos to Kyle Guy. And we'll watch some footage here because that kid's a problem. I'll tell you what, man. Um, you know, I know this is kind of hard to watch it, like with uh, these hardship contracts and things like that. I think it's pretty awesome. These guys are getting opportunities to kind of show who they are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of been the best part about all of this. It's just kind of seeing guys who can consistently kind of bring their skill sets and be helpful. I mean, you know, right now Kyle guys out playing Duncan Robinson, um, which if you told me that after the bubble, I'd say you're crazy. Um, but just kind of really happy to see him kind of getting his moment out there. Let's just watch this real quick. This is just so pretty. I just love this offense. Ooh, right there in the corner. You love to see it. So for my guy, Kyle guy, you're my week. You're my bench god this week. Yeah, man, I, I think it is cool. Um, I, of course, people having to stay out for COVID isn't cool, but no, that part's not cool. Yeah, that part's not cool. But seeing guys like Kyle Guy, uh, you know, Diallo, guys that usually wouldn't get an opportunity, get an opportunity, uh, and take and make the most of that opportunity is pretty cool. Yeah, man, for sure. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Well. I think we've hit everything this week. Is there anything you guys want to touch on before we bounce? I believe that's it. Yeah. Did we talk about the first place Bulls yet? 
<laughs> I brought the tea out tonight. So, I was actually, I'll tell you guys, I was pretty excited, obviously, about the Bengals today. I had on my everything I wore during the game today. So I had my Burrow jersey. I was ready to come on the show and wear it. And then Shaq, my dog, just got back from outside and jumped on my jersey and just took his paw, went right across the nine, just had mud across it. Oh, you know. man. I got to be right when I'm on camera. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, man. But I was, I'm happy to wear the Bulls today, you know, on the show. Um, next week, I know I kind of want to get into, like, where we're at as far as your guys' thoughts on. I know we talked about DeRozan with the MVP today. Uh, but just kind of give you guys a heads up. Next week, I was kind of looking to kind of talk about, like, how I feel about Rookie of the Year right now. Because I think, you know, Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Franz Wagner. They're all making pretty good oh, names. For a lot. Of, I was gonna say a lot of good rookies, man. Yeah, so kind of want to do like a rookie a rookie recap and see how that's looking for everybody. But uh, yeah, man, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hope you guys had a great time with us. Hope you had a great New Year. I spent it in my basement, so <laughs> never want to do that again. Um, all right. Also, if you have a chance, I had a really cool at large bid this week uh, with Ian Stonebrook from Boardroom, Kevin Durant's uh, company, him and Rich Kleiman. Uh, talking about the history of the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball program and Jordan brand, which there's a little discussion that might be coming back because uh, Under Armour and the U Cincinnati are on the fritz right now from what people are saying. So might be getting those babies back. That'd be nice. That would be. So hopefully you guys check us out. Listen to us on Apple podcast, Stitcher, Google play. We're live every Sunday at eight 30 Eastern. Uh, here on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We love interaction. So if you have comments or anything you want to say, uh, it'll pop up and we'll be able to see it, uh, at least on Facebook and YouTube. It's a little harder on Twitter, but we're, we're working on it. Other than that, have a good one. Five-star reviews, and we're out.